Welcome to Good Faith Reads. I'm your host, Zach Dawes Jr., Managing Editor for News and Opinion at Good Faith Media. Good Faith Reads is a short podcast released twice a month in which we focus on one of our book authors at Good Faith Media. We've published more than 100 titles under our Nurturing Faith book imprint, and we invite you to check them out at goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. Today's guest is Bill Owen, editor of Just What is a Healthy Church? He's joining us remotely today from Tennessee. Bill, thanks for carving out some time to visit with us, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Zach. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, a standard question we start with on Good Faith Reads is essentially an elevator pitch for the book. Could you tell our listeners in one sentence, what is the book about? Well, this book really is an anthology of articles that's written by a community of experienced pastors, practitioners who who love the church and who, through the course of their ministry, served her quite well. that most of them now are, are still engaged with the church, but from outside, if you will, they're retired generally. Uh, but, but really what these articles do, to get to your question in one sentence, they help a pastor on the field, on the ground, uh, grapple with what it means to be the best version of themselves in their context, and thereby help the church be her best self. Uh, in confronting 21st century challenges. So that's really what it's about. I think there's wisdom here that's that's timeless, uh, but also timely. That's great, yeah. Well, I do want to note the book is part of the Healthy Church Resources series, which is a collaboration with the Center for Healthy Churches, the Ulame and John Ball Foundation, and Good Faith Media. And we have several titles kind of in that vein of what you described about helping pastors, helping churches uh, become healthier. Um, You mentioned it's a compilation. So could you speak a little bit about how did the book come together? Uh, Maybe a little bit of the impetus behind it. How did y'all decide on a compilation approach versus just having one author put together a book? Yeah, I'd be glad to, you know, we're, we're asked a lot of questions as, uh, congregational consultants, or we prefer the term coaches, really, because we really seek to meet churches where they are. But uh, probably one of the leading questions we often hear in those early conversations with leadership teams is, you know, what you talk about a healthy church, uh, what, we're scram- what, what, just what, what is that, you know, and what, what would that look like? And, uh, and I, everyone, you know, might think, well, that's pretty easy, you know, to, to, you know, to answer, you know, but it, it really isn't. And it certainly depends on what metrics you use to think about the word healthy, you know, what is a healthy church? Uh, so at one of, uh, our semi-annual gatherings, we typically try to get together at least pre COVID. We tried to, to get together to, to, to check in with one another as uh, uh, colleagues. And so in one of those conversations, I think we were over in North Carolina and we were, you know, we decided to come up with a definition. Okay, well, just what is a healthy church? And what, what do we mean by that? How would we articulate that in our understanding? And how do our processes support that? So we, we spent 
uh, several hours one afternoon crafting a definition. Now you picture that with about a dozen, 15 <laughs> retired pastors, preachers, you know, trying to come up with one statement around that. So it did take us a bit of time. But we wanted it to reflect our, you know, long years of experience in working alongside congregations and trying to create a healthy environment, a healthy church. And uh, we've learned a lot from, and certainly have a lot of experience and a lot of stories. Well, it, it didn't take us very long at all to to determine what doesn't make for a healthy church, right? Yeah, that, that was pretty pretty easily and those stories came quickly and what metrics uh, don't inform our understanding of healthy of healthy so you know uh, the typical things uh, uh, the number of members a church has or the average attendance so to speak or the size of our budget uh, uh, not to mention uh, you know just the facilities you know the, the footprint on the ground the campus so to speak because, you know, we've seen too many large, successful churches that are quite unhealthy. Uh, we've also worked with a lot of small churches that exhibit robust health uh, and vital ministries. So after a lot of conversation, many drafts, we came up with a statement that we feel like captures the heart of our work. And it's as simple as this. A healthy church is a community of Jesus followers with you know, shared vision, thriving ministry, and trusted leadership. And uh, yes, it's more qualitative than it is quantitative. Uh, so, you know, what, what we seek to do is focus on a community that understands itself, who they are, what their strengths are, and how do they live out of that, and how does their ministry fl flow from that. And so rather than looking at you know, how much a church is doing or even what it's accomplished. Uh, we, we try to, to, to help a church think about how they're doing in terms of following the way of Jesus and what that might look like in the 21st century. We'll be right back in 30 seconds with more of Good Faith Reads. I'm Starlet Thomas, and I invite you to join us for Good Faith Stories. It's a new podcast series from Good Faith Media. In each episode of Good Faith Stories, we'll bring you a collection of different stories tied to a theme, unique and true stories as told by the people who live them. Each story is short, six or seven minutes, with a little mood music. Listen to Good Faith Stories wherever you get your podcasts, and find us online at Good Faith Media. Org. Welcome back to Good Faith Reads. Today we're joined remotely by Bill Owen, editor of the Nurturing Faith book, Just What is a Healthy Church? I'm Zach Dawes Jr. of Good Faith Media, your host for this episode. So Bill, you played a dual role in putting the book together. You were the editor, so you overseed the general progress, production, all of that, but you also wrote several of the essays so could you maybe tell us a little bit about that process for you? What was it like kind of working with a bunch of authors, also writing your own? And, you know, I guess one question I have is when you approach this topic, healthy church is a, is a big 
topic with a lot of variety of angles. So did you decide ahead of time, I'm going to assign X person this topic, or did you ask them to write about what they are interested in? Maybe just kind of give us some insight into how sure. this all came together. Sure. Uh, so in, in the beginning, uh, Bill Wilson, who is the director founder of the Center for Healthy Churches, he, he carried for the organization and for our work, he carried the weight of the writing, uh, writing weekly articles, and they were mailed to uh, subscribers of this, you know, as that, and that grew over the years. And so as we've grown, uh, the colleagues that, that came on board, I've been with them now for starting my eighth year now, which seems crazy as I think about it. Uh, so we began to share in, in the writing of these kind of weekly newsletter-ish type articles uh, focusing on various issues. And, and so these, these articles in the beginning were uh, kind of the, they were born out of the context of our work with congregations. Uh, uh, with one another as peers and in broader circles too, because we've we've had uh, interaction with with uh, folks outside of just local congregations as well, and learned a lot of things that, uh, from universities and our, you know, co-partnering with uh, educational uh, bodies, that kind of thing. So you know, things like systems theory and collaborative leadership, adaptive leadership, appreciative inquiry, all those things have informed our work. So and I began, all that's to say, I began by looking, going back and saying, okay, what have we done in the past and are, are there any things to identify there? So I looked at that depository of, of articles and, and some of those can be found here. Uh, but at the same time, I asked our colleagues to submit, if they would, some uh, of their favorites, if they had some that they've written before, or if they would uh, add uh, some to kind of help flesh out the structure of, of, of the book. I know that there's the four main sections. So you have a community of Jesus followers, shared vision, thriving ministry, and trusted leadership. And then y'all have the epilogue about leadership during crisis, which I want to get into in a, a subsequent question, but yeah. kind of thinking through that, you know, how do you envision, and you can speak broader than just this question, but how do you envision kind of the book being used? Is it, is it good to read through it or is it kind of a choose your own adventure or whatever yeah, your yeah. interest or need is? Maybe speak a little bit about that structure. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, the, the structure, as you, as you just uh, indicated, it, it is, it is straightforward and it's fo It follows. We chose to, uh, I went to work on this right after that conversation, so that kind of that became the frame uh, for the book, uh, our description of a healthy church, and so in each one follows that. So, uh, as a community of Jesus followers, this uh, we these these initial articles help the church and its leadership to understand its fundamental call to be just that: disciples, followers of Christ, and uh, which we find is probably the key step in turning toward health as a body of believers, away from just an internal institutional uh, understanding of who we are, which often, uh, I don't know, uh, shifts to more of a institutional maintenance kind of uh, posture um, so toward discipleship and being on the move 
more a movement than an institution to you know to preach but such a church is clear to its its core purpose and that is to be the incarnational body of Christ and uh, so part one those articles address that uh, which we think is is really is valuable and then the the, the following ones shared vision uh, you've got articles around that around the process itself and around the kind of mentality which is an uh, 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 an abundance mentality uh, an external focus uh, uh, there, there are leadership uh, uh, articles there as well uh, in terms of you know comparing top-down leadership to a more collaborative approach. Those are really helpful, I think, because we found that in vision leadership, uh, uh, that kind of engagement uh, is the only way toward having the investment that's necessary to accomplish you know God-sized dreams for for a church body. And thriving ministry, the, that section uh, talks about you know the health that's that's uh, that comes, the sense of excitement, the kind of passion that that can be uh, present in churches today, despite the you know the weight uh, that we carry. Uh, there's deep potential for generosity and grace itself, uh, and in cultures like that. Uh, people are, are, are more ready to give of themselves and to participate, to be engaged. So uh, it's, it's kind of the, you know, we often say that, uh, Zach, we often talk about, you know, uh, yeah, we get it, the challenges that, that we face, and boy, that's amped up, you know, threefold since the pandemic. But if we can bring our best selves forward, the stories that have shaped us, the narratives that have defined our culture, our best selves, whatever the challenges the future brings, you know, th there can be a healthy and vibrant way forward. And so that's the, those articles I think are really, really helpful. And trusted leadership, of course, is at the core of all of that. Not just, not just uh, clergy, but lay leadership, trusted a high trust culture in the church, and and a church that can that that, that can uh, build that, and that's that's ongoing work uh, and adaptive work, but it can raise the church to a new level uh, wherever they may find themselves. So uh, those that's how the book is shaped. And to answer your question specifically, I think I encourage uh, folks to just. Uh, you know, drop in anywhere in that, wherever they may find themselves in their context, because, you know, church changes from one day and one Sunday to the next. And uh, so uh, that, that it's, it's, it's really meant to be used just however, however it is you'd like. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the challenges of the pandemic. And I noted earlier that that's kind of the epilogue essays focus specifically on the pandemic. So I don't want to give you, I don't want you to give too much away. We want people to buy the book, but could you speak briefly about kind of that closing section and maybe even more broadly than just what is in the book itself is what do you see? What do some of the contributors to that part see as maybe some immediate 
or longer term impacts on this crisis, this public health crisis on houses of faith? Yeah, well, it, it was, you know, during the editing and right, right as the book was finished, uh, uh, I was working with the good folks at Nurturing Faith and getting that, you know, all wrapped up and then boom, that that's uh, when the hammer dropped and you know once the NBA shut down and then <laughs> all of that it the church was quick to respond and and so we just decided you know we need to say something we it's going to come out right in the middle of all of this so we decided just to to put an appendix on at the end and so uh, that's when I did contact some you know Bill Wilson and Matt Cook and several of our colleagues and and we just decided to put some of you know some initial thoughts and some of these obviously have developed and uh, over time and in, in fact the Center for Healthy Churches is doing a weekly webinar on Thursdays that that really has been the outgrowth of where we began with just these initial articles uh, you know and as with all types of businesses and institutions you know we're we're learning on the fly we're building the plane as we fly it uh we've been forced to make quick decisions and adaptations uh related to in person all of that uh, i don't have to tell people about that but one of the things i i i would say is that these articles are the beginning of those and that we've continued to learn is that we've got to be agile you've got to move toward the issues and not away from them um, and so I think they'll find, even in these initial articles, and certainly in the work that's being done by so many elsewhere, uh, that uh, it's really helpful for us as church leadership uh, to uh, uh, find peer groups and find uh, sister churches and do these things together and not, not on our own. And so uh, I think that's one of the greatest lessons that we've learned. You and others with the, the center do interim work in one capacity or another. And, and by that, I don't just mean y'all go and preach on Sundays, which I think is what some people think the interims do, but y'all are doing more structural, deeper work, asking the church to ask hard questions sometimes to help them navigate yeah. difficult conversations in order to move them toward a healthier environment for whoever they call next. Right. Um, it, it strikes me that that's always been an important part of, of an, an interim period, but especially now, maybe as the pandemic has forced issues that you yeah. could kind of just let sit in the back burner. Uh, could you speak a little bit to the importance of interim ministry in general, but maybe especially moving forward as churches are, are struggling to envision what their future looks like. Yeah, well, I think that's probably one of the greatest uh, challenges that churches have now, and there are more and more churches that are entering those periods. Well, in fact, every church is in transition, let's be honest. Um, and the, the, the fact is, is that pastor search processes uh, are not the same. Things have changed dr dramatically. You don't have the institutional support. You don't have uh, the uh, the resources, uh, the de denominational entities that, that can help churches come alongside them and help them. And not to mention, ch pastors are not uh, 
moving from, there's no denominational ladder, so to speak, where they move from one church to another. I, I often say to churches that, that, you know, almost every move now is, is lateral in, in that sense because every church faces the same challenges. And so what we have found is, is that these times of transition, churches need to do some, uh, take advantage of that opportunity to do some self-study, to know who they are, uh, where they're going as a, a body of believers, and how that shapes the need uh, and the design, if you will, of the next pastor or pastor leadership that they have in their church. And so we've been doing, I'd say the majority of our work is around transition. And uh, we have uh, created a strategic transition education program that we call STEP. And we are training uh, ministers in this process, which is a systems-based approach that helps folks take a good look at themselves in the mirror. It's a process of spiritual discernment uh, where, uh, you know, they, they ask the question, where is God leading us in the future? And what might that say about the skill set of our next pastor leader coming in? I've really found this work, and I've done it in more than a handful of churches now over the last few years. I found it to be really engaging and rich, enriching work for the congregation themselves, not just the leadership, but the membership, and, uh, and great preparation for the next chapter in the church's history. And pastors are responding well to that process and are more inclined to consider uprooting their family or moving to a new location to begin ministry. Uh, you know, from a pastor's perspective, where you're serving, at least you know the problems that you have. Why would I get up and move to the next one where, you know, I don't know what they are? And this kind of, you know, this, this work, that, that it seems to, to mesh well with both the needs of the pastor and the congregation themselves. Uh, we produce a couple of pieces or outcomes, like a congregational profile and a next pastor profile. They're the outcomes of the process it's just really healthy engaging work which is hopeful and appreciative strength-based for the congregation uh, which serves the next pastor coming in well whether it's after a long tenured pastor or perhaps uh uh you know a bad ending uh it can help it, it can be healing so we i found it to be really good good work and i think it's helpful work well, an important note to all of our listeners, we at Good Faith Media are always accepting book proposals. Our authors engage with an experienced team of editors, designers, and marketers to produce and sell books on a variety of topics. So if you have a book proposal you'd like to run by us, head over to goodfaithmedia.org bookstore for more information. That's goodfaithmedia.org bookstore. So, Bill, as we wrap our time up together, I wonder if you might read a sentence or two from the book, um, maybe an excerpt you feel is representative of just what is a healthy church or a selection you think is especially important for folks to hear. I, I chose uh, one from the epilogue because I know that's right where pastors are right now. And if we have a handful of folks listening to us about that, maybe this will speak a word to them. And it's just a simple reminder uh of how to navigate this period, which is changing almost weekly, it seems. But here are just a few bullet points from one brief section. 
Move toward the issues you face, not away from them. It's healthier, more effective for everyone if leadership remains calm, non-anxious, even confident as you address matters head on. Be honest, humble, and vulnerable as you move forward. Confess that together we'll build this plane as we fly it. We'll need to be fluid and agile. Third, connect with trusted colleagues, peer groups, sister churches. Discover and test. Be willing to try, even fail. You can find what's working or what may work. And last, communicate clearly and often through various channels within your church family. Keep people informed, however that might be online, social platforms, email, face-to-face, -face, phone calls. Engage and enlist others to join you. That's just one just brief passage of, of how we speak directly to pastor leadership and lay leadership as well. Well, our guest today on Good Faith Reads has been Bill Owen, editor of Just What is a Healthy Church. This book, along with more than 100 other titles, is available in paperback at goodfaithmedia.org slash bookstore and as an ebook at either Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Bill, we appreciate you being with us. Thanks for being our guest today. Thank you, Zach.